0: welcome to the monday edition of the pff daily betting podcast i am kevin cole i am joined as always on mondays by ben brown ben we are almost through week 14 here we still have ravens browns browns making a surprise uh prime time appearance don't see that too often too often for for the browns but maybe some more going forward so we'll we'll talk about everything related to that game all the betting angles the props angles the dfs showdown angles but before we get to that i'm gonna throw out to you uh what are you thinking about some what what can you buy sell what what are some things you're thinking about in week 14 that you saw today i mean i can
1: definitely sell the steelers i have been doing it for weeks um but i'm going to continue on selling them at this point especially after this performance on uh sunday night football uh they just don't look right of course they had one decent drive when they were down basically two touchdowns but other than that if they're a team that gets behind at all i feel like they're completely toast rely on their defense way too much of course so uh probably continue to beat that drum for a little while longer but at this point I think the market's probably going to be uh, somewhat accurately reflected of how well they are going going forward just based on like the spread movement that we saw for this game heading into it. um, I think it was basically two and a half points for the Steelers as favorites opening up It flipped all the way over to the Bills as two and a half point favorites that you know showing somewhat like the market sentiment for where the Steelers are at this point in time. So I know you kind of mentioned that you might think the Steelers could maybe be properly at this point or even you know back to reality but they are a team that seems like a lot of people are low on at this point what do you what do you make of the Steelers at this point in time
0: yeah you know I thought they were actually approaching underrated status going into this week and I mean it's kind of it was a weird matchup because I felt like in the first half neither team was was doing anything I mean I think the Bills opened the game with Uh, Something like five or six straight drives that were nothing but punts or turnovers including a fumble that wasn't called a fumble um, That 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 they kind of got away with there. So the defense was back the offense was looking bad and then that pick six that they threw at the end of the half was really a killer because they were too they wouldn't have been too far out of it the rest of the way and then everything spiraled out in in the second half so yeah I think there's definitely going to be a re- regrouping here it wasn't the best matchup with the Bills it wasn't the best weather condition for for Big Ben who looks like he just wants to to get out of there basically right. <laughs> when he's when he's playing in these in these conditions um, but I think the bigger thing is it opens it up for the Chiefs right so now they are in the driver's seat to. To um, have the buy there, so let's let's assume the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, and now in the NFC, you have the steel, you have the Saints who have fallen a bit, you have the Packers who are in the mix. Um, those are really the two main teams as far as looking at the bye. I mean, maybe someone else could sneak up there, but if if the Chiefs are going to play any of these teams in the Super Bowl, what would you what would you make that as a hypothetical line? Is this one where the Chiefs are a you know a three point favorite? Or are we talking about four, five, six, seven point favorite over one of those teams?
1: Yeah, I would definitely probably make it more than a field goal spread at this point in time. I do think that there's just um, they're clearly the best team in the NFL, so I think. Uh, you know, they're obviously going to get some love from the public at this point in time, but they're a team that basically has won outright the last five games, but hasn't actually covered the spread in any of their last five games. So they might be just um, getting a little bit of resentment from the betting market. So I don't know. I would probably lean at least towards three and a half. Even I could see it probably, probably all the way up to four and a half, especially if they're playing, you know, a team that isn't necessarily like the Packers or something at this point in time. But we are would obviously get a really high uh, total, 57, 58, even potentially, if they were matching up against like the Packers you know, uh the Saints, Drew Brees in his prime, and if you know they were getting somebody like the Seahawks, we could even bump up it closer to like the, you know, all time highest Super Bowl total uh scenario sort of situation. So I don't know. It's kind of uh fun to think about at this point in time, but um who would you have basically as that number two team behind the Chiefs in the NFL at this point in time?
0: It's a tough one. Um I mean I think it's probably the Packers just because if we're talking about chances of actually getting to the Super Bowl because they have that inside window but I think the Saints with Drew Brees are probably the second best team in the NFL I know a lot of people were saying that they think that the Chiefs are there uh, I mean not the Chiefs I'm sorry that the uh, that the Bills are there after what they've did to the Steelers tonight i I probably hold off a little bit on on elevating them that far so I'm going to say the Saints with Drew Brees back the question is will Drew Brees be back next week when they're playing the Chiefs they say they're not going to rush him back but this is obviously a, a critical critical matchup
1: yeah, I mean, dropping the game today or, you know, Sunday against the Eagles obviously factors into that decision because now they don't really have the inside track for that number one overall seed. Um We've seen the line basically, I think, on the look-ahead line for that game. It was at minus three. It has moved up to minus four. So there might be some um, understanding that maybe they do hold Drew Brees out for another week based on the betting market activity. Who knows for sure, but I do think that this is a spot where if he is capable of going, I definitely think that they need to uh, kind of unleash him at this point in time, because I think the Taysom Hill um, situation has not necessarily looked as good as expected. We gotta ask one more question. Are you buying, selling, or holding Jalen Hurts hype at this point in time?
0: Uh, I mean, as much as I love Jalen Hurts or or as much as I thought that he would be better than what people expected, it's got to be too much hype, right? right <laughs> After right. this game. So, I mean, I'd probably just fade the market just on the assumption that there's going to be too much hype and on the assumption that we we'll go back and forth a little bit too much with, with NFL hype. But I'll say that I have a pretty high baseline for, for how I appreciate him. So if he doesn't end up doing again next week what he did this week, then I will be ready to to jump right back on. But I thought the really interesting thing about how he played today number one he may have opened up the running game a little bit right. by him being in there I mean I know Wentz can run the ball but I don't think he's as credible as a, of a running threat as Hertz is when he got 100 yards himself he also opened things up from for Miles Sanders and he did not take a sack after the Saints had t- I mean after the uh the the Eagles had taken 53 sacks right. through for weeks one through uh 13 so that, that's a key element going forward, I think, for them. It's no mistakes, and obviously Wentz was the king of mistakes
1: yeah yeah i definitely agree with you on that i do kind of agree i think i'm probably a little bit more hyped on hurts uh even than i was you know prior weeks but i did like the eagles definitely in the spot to cover against the Saints. they obviously did that one outright um a seven and a half point dog so everything seems to be trending in the right direction but this is a situation where we, where we do see recency bias uh continue to swing um as far as overrated or underrated perspective on a lot of these teams so it's um, I do agree with you that the proper course of action is definitely to be fading uh, the market when things get too overblown, which is definitely possible at this point as we head into week 15 with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in general. But let's talk about it. Uh, week 14, uh, last game, Ravens at Browns. we got the AFC North showdown. This is a huge leverage game for the Ravens. Losses from the Raiders and Dolphins kind of opened up an opportunity again for them to get into this wild card round. Uh, the markets kind of moved in their direction as well. I do think it opened up right around two and a half point. Spreads moved all the way out to three for the Ravens at this point in time. Um, everyone kind of seems like they're interested in backing the Ravens. Uh, so our green line model leans towards... Uh, the Browns actually to cover or to win outright at plus 150. We do think those are pretty good money line odds at this point in time. Other than that, I'm not seeing too much value on a game total from the betting market. Uh, how are you handling this game from a Showdown perspective, Kevin? What are some things that you're seeing popping up in uh, some of the models that you're running?
0: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Showdown, whenever the Ravens are on, uh, it's a Ravens slate, it's a Lamar Jackson slate. I mean, he just dominates, especially in the captain ownership. I mean, I'm projecting him to be maybe 30 in the high 20s or low 30s as far as his ownership is there. So uh, it's tough to play him at that level and assume you're going to get any leverage on the field, especially in a big tournament. So he's probably someone you could fade, although I don't see a ton of great options to play around him. Uh, Jarvis Landry, maybe there may be a little bit of something there. J.K. Dobbins, if he can come in and dominate that, that backfield, there'll be something interesting there. Um, and a couple of options if you go even further further down the 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 salary scale I mean if you really want to want to throw something at someone like Gus Edwards maybe if he can get a touchdown or two um, and in if he ends up being the goal line type of guy I think he's an interesting play there and then for the flex options I mean, Baker Mayfield looks pretty good just to be a lowly owned guy, a guy who's kind of forgotten about despite the fact that he's coming off of a big week just because of the fact that everyone's going to be on Nick Chubb and everyone's going to be on Lamar Jackson and and those different options. And then, um, surprisingly, the kickers both look like they're decent options, and Tucker looks like he has a little bit of leverage here, who is probably someone I would assume to have been, have been over-owned, but his ownership has been going down and down as he hasn't really had a big game. They haven't really been that, that forceful of an offense. But if you want to, if you're really just dying to play a kicker in in this matchup, he could be a guy to throw in as a flex option.
1: Yeah, I do agree with you. It is kind of a lower total. It could be a game that kind of moves a little bit slower. So that, I think, is conducive to playing some of those kicker options and stuff like that. But it does seem like things are pretty thin, um, you know, in like the pass catching market especially for the Ravens that's a spot where I'm having trouble kind of projecting out uh, who's going to be relevant I do think we could have some Willie Sneed back Um, so obviously he was somebody who was involved quite a bit before but I don't know I think they Still need to get some of their younger guys involved, you know, Miles Boykins, Devin Duvernay, things like that. And Marquise Brown's kind of been, uh, you know, making it happen basically from receiving standpoint at least the last two games for the Ravens. So uh, there's a lot of decent options coming up here for the showdown slate. A couple props that I don't mind. I kind of want to get your feedback on uh, Kareem Hunt under 46.5 rushing yards. He seems like it seems like the type of prop where, um, you know, if the Browns are going to be Far ahead, Obviously, Kareem Hunt's going to get a lot more carries. If they're losing, he's going to be a spot where he's going to get a lot more targets in the passing game. So I'm kind of going under 46.5 rushing yards. I do think he's maybe a viable fade um, from a showdown perspective as well. What are your thoughts on Kareem Hunt here for Monday Night Football?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. I mean, he's going to have to put up a pretty high efficiency effort to get over that, presuming that Chubb's going to get most of the work. I mean, I know this is a backfield that they like to split up a lot, but Chubb has been you know really outstanding um and if they get behind that's going to be cream hunt in the passing game it won't necessarily be cream hunt in in the running game so i i think if you wanted to play against him a play an under here uh using rushing yards makes a lot of sense yeah and i do kind of like
1: his over uh receiving yards that's 14 and a half we have that pretty low actually our fantasy projections have that close to 17.5 so um, again if you're buying into the game script that maybe the ravens are going to be up here i do think that going you know under on cream Hunt's rushing yards over on receiving yards is definitely a viable place from the player prop market and you know i'm not sure exactly what that does from a showdown perspective but it could be interesting we also kind of like jk dobbins over 8.5 receiving yards um you know if he ends up taking the lion's share of opportunity in this ravens backfield i think he's going to easily get over that number as well so um there are a number a viable place coming up for Monday Night Football. Maybe we should talk a little bit about both of our favorite segments, uh, Prize Picks. If you use promo code PFF, uh, we're gonna get you a hundred dollar match play coming up here to bet on Prize Picks. It's a site that basically allows you to, um, you know, correlate various fantasy performances together to kind of get this parlay bet action. So you can choose uh, various fantasy performances that you either want to go over or under their. Uh, threshold. It's a PPR scoring format, so it is kind of interesting setup. Is there anyone that's popping out to you um, on Prize Picks here, Kevin, for this Monday night game?
0: Well, I think you know. I, typically, I like unders <laughs> on a lot right. of these. On a lot of these. So just looking here, I think it is interesting that Jarvis Landry at 14 fantasy points. I mean, there isn't a lot of other places to throw the ball. But even then, I think we have not projected more like 12.4. And I think an under is probably a safe assumption there, despite the fact that Landry can get a lot of volume. He's going to need, you know, a touchdown or maybe even two to get over that number. Yeah, I mean, he basically took the words right out of
1: our mouth. I am kind of leaning towards Jarvis Landy under fourteen fantasy points as well. He is getting the Marlon Humphrey treatment for the majority of his snaps. He has been, you know, right around a thirty percent target share or more the past two weeks. But I think uh, if the volume takes a step back, he's obviously going to have a really difficult time. So, like you said, if he doesn't score a touchdown, I think he's going to have a really hard time getting over this fourteen point fantasy points that he was, you know, he was down around like the ten, even nine point range in certain matchups earlier in the season, even with Odell Beckham up before he kind of got hot on this hot stretch last two games. So I think that's the spot where you can probably fade some recency bias. One other one that I kind of like, Willie Sneed under eight fantasy points. I think our projections have him closer to 7.6, 7.5. I just don't really see him returning, uh, getting his full usage that he saw basically in week 11. I do think they're hopefully going to get some of these younger wide receivers involved, like I mentioned earlier. So I'm kind of leaning towards Willie Sneed under
0: eight fantasy points is there
1: any other ones you got kevin for us
0: yeah i mean i think the last one would be jk dobbins going over 10 and a half points i mean we have not projected over that total and if you look at what he's done the last couple of games he started to emerge and i don't think he's going to really take a step back from that so he had he's had 70 yards on the ground both games He's had a touchdown both the last couple of games, so he doesn't need a touchdown to get to this number. Um, And he has been involved at least a little bit in the passing game. He had a couple of receptions two games ago. So if he gets a reception or two, if he's able to get above 50 yards – uh, on the ground, which he's been doing pretty consistently now in a larger role, and then you add that to his maybe some receiving yards he can get. You, you, you maybe you don't even need to get the touchdown to get over that number, but of course he has a pretty good chance of getting one of those touchdowns, and that would would definitely put you over the number.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do really like J.K. Dobbins as a, a viable play here on Monday night, and I kind of like him from the showdown perspective as well. We'll see how much ownership actually gravitates toward him. I know. Uh, the fantasy community in general loves him. Kind of likes rookie running back, rookie running backs and wide receivers in general. So sometimes we see just a little bit of inflated ownership on these island game showdowns. But um, I still think that he's probably in a viable spot at this point in time. So we'll see. It's going to be a fun matchup. Ravens-Browns uh, Browns maybe have a chance at back during this AFC North crown if they kind of win out here at this point in time. And the Steelers continue to struggle. So there's definitely some uh, playoff intrigue coming up here on Monday night. Kevin, do you have any final... Thoughts, parting shots, words of
0: wisdom—anything for us here? No, I don't know if I have any anything big here. Although, like you said, for this Monday night matchup, this is really going to be—you know—can you believe what you've seen so far from from this Browns team? I mean, I think no one really expected the way they jumped all over the Titans. That was a real test for them. But this is really going to be—you know—within within the division. The, uh, the history between the teams having the old Browns team move and become eventually become the Ravens. And it's just a team that's interestingly, the Browns have done okay against. You know They were one of the regular season losses for the Ravens last year. So I think there's a lot built into this matchup for a team that most that most see as being an uh, inflated uh, team, the, 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 the Browns, and then maybe a team who's playing better than their record and the Ravens now matching up against each other.
1: Yep, I definitely agree with you. I do really like that synopsis. And I do think that the betting market with the spread moving out towards the Ravens probably definitely agrees uh, with your line of thinking as well. So we're going to see how it plays out here on Monday night. Uh, This is Ben Brown, joined as always by the great Kevin Cole. Uh, Make sure you tune in for the rest of the week for all of our great podcasts we have coming up on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Thank you guys.